Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, my guest this morning is a familiar voice. We've had him on a few times before, and there's my colleague uh, Gabriel Krauser, who is the head of campaigns at the IRR. But uh, today he comes with a very interesting and different uh, insight in that we are going to look at the case by AfriForum against the EFF for a declaration and punishment for hate speech. And this occurred during the bail application of the two then accused at Senecal as a result of the murder of the young white farmer, Brendan Horner. Now, Gabriel's... Gabriel's interesting in this, in this regard because he was there and in having been there, he was essentially um, asked to be a, an expert witness on the events of, the, of that day. So it doesn't, exact, it doesn't go to one of his immediate campaigns. It goes to an, a sort of, I, I was going to say fortuitous set of circumstances, Gabriel, but I think after a while in court, I'm not sure you feel so fortuitous anymore. Hi, sorry. Thank you so much. I don't know. I, I definitely felt like I learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty tumultuous couple of weeks in court. A lot of, thankfully, no actual fireworks, but a lot of sort of metaphorical fireworks, both mm-hmm. inside and outside of the court proceedings. On, on the outside, uh, I think I told you on another platform how on, on the second day, uh, walking out of court, uh, some people dressed in EFF regalia threw a banana peel at me and said, hey, Baba, discipline yourself or behave yourself. Uh, and then shortly afterwards, uh, chanted, kill the boy, kill the farmer into the face of uh, of, of AfriForum as well as their counsel and attorneys, which 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 seemed ill-advised uh, yeah. given, given what the trial was about. There were various other disruptions and, of course, lots of uh, spicy takes as the youth say in the witness stand uh, uh, coming from Julius Malema some pretty heated engagements as well between uh, Ernst Ritz uh, and myself and and various others so yeah it's been it's, it, it was pretty hectic but I think it's I think it is important and I think it's it's definitely given me an opportunity to to sort of rethink to 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 rethink some things about about how we talk to each other in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you just before you you come back to that? Is if you can just give us us an idea of exactly what it was, uh, what the incidents of hate speech were in the circumstances that Afri Forum is uh, challenging. Right. So the background context, of course, is that Afri Forum challenged Malema when he was head of the ANC Youth League, um, all that time ago. Uh, for for chanting kill the boy kill the farmer there's this strange misconception i think perpetuated deliberately by some journalists but certainly accidentally by by most that this is about some zulu thing dubula ibunu mm. it's not that is a zulu song with a melody uh, it's actually quite sonorous uh, two uh, supposedly azapo members came and actually sang it to the court I think they were protesting against the trial, but really they were doing a nice job of showing that that's different to the thing where you go, <laughs> kill the boa, the farmer, which is in English mm. and uh, and is a chant and, and, and doesn't really have a melody. It, it has, uh, anyway, that is what it is. So this is about kill the boa, kill the farmer. That was found to be hate speech. And then there was a, a, a mediation about it. And after that, uh, Malema changed from kill to kiss. But still sings shoot to kill and uh, still does the gestures of guns shooting 
and and of course on the day in Senegal, members of the EFF were chanting kill the Boer, not kiss. So even whatever ambiguity is there was dissolved and, and part of my testimony was to that effect as I saw it, but there was also video footage to corroborate it. Um, so that that's sort of the background and the Malema side and the EFF side. The Mbuyuseni and Dlozi side is that he chanted um, something that was in Zulu. I heard him uh, and and it I heard Ibunu or Amabunu and uh, my Zulu... My Russian is much better than my Zulu, but my Zulu is scant enough to know uh, that something interesting is going on there. Uh, and Fire Brigade was standing out, so I asked for a translation from a nearby police agent, I believe it was. Uh, and and the lyrics were to the effect of, uh, "Call the Fire Brigade. We're gonna we we must set these these boers on fire, these farmers on fire." And and and. That made up the, the core substance of the allegations. And the allegation was that this is incitement to cause harm and is harmful. Uh, in other words, there's an angry mob outside of a court. Uh, the, what's going on inside of the court is related to the murder of a, of a white farm worker, a white farmer. And outside of court, Malema is saying there are no farm murders. There are no murders of white people in South Africa. Uh, and then is saying, shoot to kill. Nyamazan, uh, kiss the Boer. EFF people are chanting, kill the Boer. Ndlozi saying, burn the Boer. Um, EFF members, or at least people dressed in EFF regalia, are clearly moving through the town, uh, breaking public property, throwing rocks, projectiles, bits of concrete uh, into a crowd, that is chanting against farm murders, saying, you know, please don't kill people. So you've got one side sort of saying, you should kill farmers, and you've got the other side saying, don't kill farmers. And um, and so the allegation is that if you're on stage and you're saying kill farmers, uh, and it's, and in that context, in front of a mob, with, with whatever ambiguities that there might be in other contexts sort of dissolved away, also for the reason that people were gathered, uh, and the denial around the farm murders as well. In that context, the allegation is that uh, Malema was propagating hatred on a protected ground, namely race or ethnicity, um, and that he was inciting people to cause harm. So th that's the sort of basic background. Mm -hmm. um, I, got, I got the impression just by watching it that it, it was <laughs> the EFF the got fairly sort of pride of centre place in the town during, uh, during that day. Um, the, whereas the farmers were mostly located outside of town, and the the sound of the chanting and the um, toying was was considerable. I mean, it wasn't. It, it, it was. It, it 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 actually quite took me by surprise when I heard when I heard a recording of it. Yeah, if I can just I mean, I mean, one I, I, thing I, yeah. there. Sorry, just yeah. one little thing is that I have been to many EFF rallies where I've been treated respectfully and sweetly. And I'm, I'm sure many listeners will be surprised to hear that. But, um, and I was surprised some of those occasions. But, but the, average, if the average person putting on a red beret, going to a soccer stadium in Soweto, I don't know, just to, in my experience has been like a world apart from, from, from some of the EFF leaders' rhetoric. And, and when the leaders are sort of speaking about how difficult it is to be poor and how terrible it is that there's corruption in the government and if we get in there, we'll make it better. Um, you know, however uh, um, credible or incredible you might take that to be, 
I think you can understand how, how, how poor and desperate South Africans can, can just get behind that and, and actually say things to me like, wow, I'm so glad to see there's a white person here because we're not against white people. We totally, you know, I mean, I was, I was in a soccer stadium where people were dancing with me. They insisted on dancing with me because they were so happy to see a white face there. I was the only white face in the stadium, excepting in the VIP booth. <laughs> so be it. So be it. You know, that's one thing. And, and I, I respect that. And I think it's important to, to recognize that. It was completely different in Sienecal. It was the first first time that I couldn't that 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 the whole crowd refused to speak to me I, I asked people just how's your day I'm a journalist I just want to ask some basic questions I was told flat out you're a white person you are not welcome here no white people should be allowed in this town uh, go away if you if you want to you must go and talk to other white people we don't talk to white people and and various threats of physical violence and worse were made against me so, you know, it really was a very tense, it was a different kind of day. And, and, and it was impossible to leave the town once the EFF had uh, basically gone from its pride of place in the middle of town to the border on the, on the barbed wire picket line to, to, to confront the people outside of town who were protesting against farm murders and, and also to blockade anyone from leaving the town. And without a very heavy police presence, I don't think that, I mean, I, th I think were it not for that huge police presence, there would have been lots of blood on the streets that day. Mm -hmm. So... Well done to the police for being there. I mean, that, that's interesting because the, from what you're saying from that difference, it suggests that the, the EFF was really there to up the ante, particularly as it wasn't a case as, 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 as most often happens where you have a white farmer accused of, of murdering a black farm worker or somebody uh, close by, a black man close by in the area. It, it, it was the other way around so that the the the, the shall we call them the white farmer community was was there really to I, my impression was to show a presence um, and to support the family and as as often happens the other way around just on this occasion it, it and was, to call it, it for a denial of bail I mean there, yeah. it wasn't explicit and and not everyone outside the town who was protesting against farm murders was white uh, there was a mixed crowd, but it was it was it was predominant, uh, you know, mostly white. Mm, sure. So, I mean, it sounds like there was something about this that the, the EFF that Lemon and Lozzi decided that they would up the ante in every single sense, uh, instead of almost allowing um, the white farming community to to have its have its moment, perhaps its, its catharsis. Um, but for the police, it was there to 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 really make things very ugly well let's remember a couple of things one is that um in in the winter of 2020 south africa went through a major sort of shared trauma the COVID, the heavy lockdowns it really was a very strange time and around the world we saw as people sort of emerged from those heavy lockdowns there were major social dislocations and the black lives matter george floyd protests in america uh, said to be mostly peaceful by CNN, you know, also <laughs> lots of property destroyed and, and, and lots of people killed, starting with David Dawn, black mm. tired police officer. Th that was hap that had just happened. That had affected, I think, the way that a lot of political elites think about things. I had debates with EFF people, with people at the Nelson Mandela Foundation of all places, um, sort of uh, pushing a line that I disagreed with. Um, anyway, we disagreed, that's fine. Uh, but what was quite beautiful in a way is that the first protest in South Africa that I really saw to be to really have numbers um, after that was at Newcastle and we went to Newcastle just a couple of weeks before Brendan Horner's murder there was the murder of Glenn and Vida Rafferty mm. and 
uh, that was, and they were just a, such a respected and warm and generous. Some of their neighbors said, if anything, their problem was that they were too soft. You know, it was such a harsh thing to hear. Mm. But, but, th- but their murder really rocked the community there in uh, uh, northern KZN and sort of eastern parts of the Free State. And, and I don't know, people came from all around. You know, there's like, saw a lot of Indian bikers from, from like the south coast who were like, no, just you got to got to got to say no to this thing people can't just go killing the elderly willy-nilly mm. this is not right and that that protest you know there were thousands of people there it was totally peaceful it was nearly blocked because of covid regulations but they managed to make it go through there was this boulevard of crosses like thousands mm. of crosses it was it was really moving and i think it set the tone for what you're speaking about sorry mm. catharsis kind mm. of just standing together something that's 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 not taking evil and responding mm. to it with evil it's not mm. taking violence and responding to it with revenge it's something much more human than that and mm. and yeah i think that as a as a political movement if that could have grown it would have been maybe quite good for the country people mm. of all races getting together to mourn the dead and call for accountability through the law mm. instead what the next big thing was cynical mm. and let's just not forget that uh, former president Kaklema Motlante said just before the Senegal thing that if things, be- because there'd also been these white vigilantes hey, who mm. went and attacked the court, it was barbaric behavior, it was terrible. Things were things were ratcheting up in an ugly way. And and Kaklema Motlante said with all these people descending on, on Senegal, if the friction increases, it really can trigger something like a civil war. Mm. Now we would say something like a July 2021 mm. insurrection. Mm. And Malema was it was that was put to Malema the day before on a Newsroom Africa interview, and he said, "So be it. There's going to be a civil war. So be it." Mm. And that, yeah, I mean, uh, the people I was speaking to, black and white in Senegal, they saw that and they were terrified mm. of what was going to happen to their town. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of jumping a bit around a bit, but in light of sort of that attitude, how did uh, how did Malema come across uh, as witness for the? Uh, for 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 the respondents, um. yeah, it was a strange business listening to him. He's he's got a real his strategy is to lump it, lump it and loathe it. I think mm-hmm. so, or lump it and like it. So so in terms of the chant, kill the boy, kill the farmer. He said when he says farm, when he says farmer, he sees a white face. Mm. But when he says kill the farmer, he's saying kill the white face. But the white face is a system. So it's not racist because he's saying he must kill the system. That is part of his defense. The other part of his defense was if you take this out, take, if you say this song is hate speech, which has kind of already been said, but, you know, if you say it again, whatever, then uh, really this amounts to saying that all struggle songs are hate speech and none of them can ever be said anywhere ever. Mm. Uh, so just lump them all together. Uh, that seemed strange to me. He also really tried very hard to lump all black people together. He said that there are no rich black people and that there are no powerful black people. Uh, he said that Patrice, you know, he was asked directly about Patrice Matepe. He said, no, 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 that guy's, that guy's just pretending to have money. He was asked about Soror Ramaphosa. He said, no, that guy's broke. <laughs> if he had any money, he would pay all the ANC staff. <laughs> Um, and the reason yes. he said that, I mean, it's hilarious, but the reason he said it was 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 anything but funny because because he was given evidence about 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 instances where where people have killed where where black people have killed white farmers or or white people living on farms, 
and have said that they were inspired. In one case, said he was inspired directly by Malema. Uh, in another case, said inspired by this chanting of kill the Boer. And in other cases, uh, where, where evidence is showing that, even though people haven't said it because they weren't caught. For example, these two women, a mother and daughter, who were killed, this is this is pretty gory, so just a just a caution. But they were they were they were stabbed to get to death by broken beer bottles, um, in their genitalia, uh, and and one of them had her breast cut off while she was alive. And the blood from those from those wounds was used to write the words "kill the Boer," on the wall on that farm wall. And 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 Malema was asked, "Doesn't something like that give you pause for thought? Doesn't it make you think that even though you say?" Kill the Boer means kill whiteness, not kill not kill white people. Like it's hard to know what the difference is, really. Mm. I mean, but but even if you know the difference, and it's difficult to understand it, even if you know, it, can't doesn't don't you worry that maybe other people don't see the difference the same way, that this action is showing that they don't see the same way, that that people are interpreting you to say what you're saying, which is kill the Boer. Um, isn't it? <laughs> you know, think about that. And his answer was. There can be no hate crime. There can be no racism against white people because that requires power. And there can be no black people who have power over white people. Even if you're torturing someone to death, Mr. Malema, he's asked. Yes, even if you are torturing someone to death. Because power is only to be understood in terms of your access to the means of production. But Mr. Malema, aren't there some black people who have access to the means of production? Aren't there some, in other words, some very rich black people? No. None at all. So you see this claim that Patrice Motsep, and, and, and finally, Mr. Malema was asked whether he has any money. And this was in the serious context that he's been asked, you know, the, the charge against him, if it's found against him in the EFF, is a 500,000 rand donation to some independent organization that promotes non-racialism. Who knows, maybe Chayefem. Um <laughs> And uh, he, he, he said, no, I can't afford to pay that. I've got no money. And I, and I can't have any money until all black people are paid $5 trillion by all white people. So until then, no black person can be guilty. No black person can pay a fine. No black person can, can be said to have money, even if they're a billionaire. Because to say that would be to admit that there is individual agency, that there are individual bank accounts, that there are individual powers, and that in a room, one person might have the power of life and death over another and and Malema couldn't admit any of that doesn't want to admit any of that his ideology his Marxist race nationalist ideology doesn't allow any of that and it was very charismatically delivered so I think a lot of people bought into it um, but was it internally coherent did it make any sense I don't think so was it human I don't think so I think frankly it was the most fascist um, delivery from a witness stand uh, in the new South Africa. I mean, he would not, he refused to take off the table the possibility that he might call for genocide. Um, and it's really alarming. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Um, Gabriel, before I ask you about your experience, um, what you said about uh, Julius Malema now suggests that he's a psychopath, um, but also doesn't it suggest that by making the um, the the hate speech provision as broad as it does is that there's nothing you can whatever you levy against people who are prepared to express that level of hate publicly and unabashedly you're not going the, the court is not empowered to do anything 
to them that would make a great deal of difference in the long run? Well, I maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I, I do think that in every country the court's power is limited, that a lot of it is is, is going to come down to ordinary South Africans. What do you what do we consider acceptable as a society? That that's a real question. And and I think um no, there has been something a bit disturbing about some of the responses I've seen to to Malema's testimony. Um, insofar as, you know, people people basically saying he's right, you know, maybe one day we do need to slaughter all white people, don't take that off the table. Maybe maybe it's better to put a, a race uh, as the scapegoat for, 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 for all current failures. I, I don't think that's good enough. But insofar as the court has a role to play, my understanding is well, that the court hasn't fully decided this, but that there is a there's room for the following: to distinguish between cases where physical violence is proven to directly have been caused by hate speech. In that case, there there it seems to me like one could argue for a, for a criminal sentence. In other words, for a jail mm. sentence. We already know in South Africa that you can get a jail sentence for hate speech. I'm not sure that the way that that's been decided before is really good. Um, but I do think that if someone says, go burn down that building, and then people go burn down that building, and you can prove that that's why they did it, then the person who said so deserves to go to jail. That strikes me as the kind of position that even a classical liberal who really is staunchly protective of, of free speech uh, could, could adhere to. In this case, there was no attempt from AfriForum's counsel to try and prove this causal link all that they tried to prove was that this was calling for harm, whether or not the harm actually emerged. There were fires being set around Senecal later on, the, the damage being done inside the town. Was that directly caused? They didn't try and prove that. They just said people were being called upon to do violence. That's incitement. Mm. This was propagating hatred on the basis of race or ethnicity, which is protected ground. Those are the two tests, and they applied both of those tests. And they argue that both of those tests were passed. The judge will figure out whether that's right or wrong. But if he does figure out that it's right, and there's some reason to suppose that he might, um, especially if you see the Equality Court's ruling on on a black first, land first person mm. who last week said, you know, the finding was last week of guilt. The, the, the offending tweets included one where he said, you know, I really want to kill white people. Let's make that happen. Um, the court found that that's hate speech and, and that's incitement because let us make it happen is a kind of an instruction in English. Mm. Um so, so I think there's good reason to suppose that shoot to kill, burn the farmers, uh, kill the farmers through this coded language and expressly said by the EFF. I think there's some reason to suppose that this will be found and that'll force an apology and it would force this fine to be paid. I do think that that would make the EFF think twice about um, how they behave next time mm -hmm. uh, for the simple reason that 500,000 rand is a lot of champagne. Mm. I mean, if you count that in, in units of champagne that they won't be able to drink at their next party birthday celebration, then I think you see that there's... It, I think it could hurt. Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it could hurt where, where the feels really live in that mm. party, as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, so, 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 so maybe there is room for, for, for a check. And, and, and the final point is that and for better or worse... I think South Africans um, heed what what the courts say, um, and that a lot of 
people who are currently sort of apologizing on Malema's behalf, if the courts were to find this guilty and were to make it clear that this doesn't mean you have to throw away every struggle song. Mm. And it doesn't mean even this song, you can you can sing this song in a music concert. You can mm. sing the song in a museum, in a theater piece. Like there's always going to be room in our artistic and academic space to 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 uh, percolate the various interpretations and meanings and ways that these things can be used. But if it's you know if they say look outside Context. of a court where uh, where someone has been murdered and the trial is happening and there's an angry mob in that context saying this thing that's not on. I think that that finding from a court might have a, a salubrious effect on on some taste makers in the media. Who, who at the moment have have a similar callousness to Malema, which mm. is to say, when they hear about a white victim or, or propagation of hatred against white farmers as a group or Boers or whatever it is, the the knee jerk response, and I got this from a professor and a, an advocate on Sunday on Newsroom Africa, the knee jerk response was, "What about black pain?" Mm. And it's the same thing Malema said. What about black pain? Isn't that so much more? Mm. And to me, that's very inhuman. Like, I don't know why we have mm. to get into this victim Olympics of like, who in the world, what racial group has suffered the most in the world? By the way, I don't think it's going to be white people or black people, but I'm not sure. I don't, but I don't want to get into that game <laughs> in the first place. I think that I think that people's suffering in the moment matters, regardless of their race. And if, as a South African citizen, if it's a South African citizen or resident there's a special concern because our laws have this domain and that and and that's got to be respected and trying to prevent more future harm mm. future suffering is kind of the suffering that grips me the most interaction because that's mm. suffering i can actually do something about mm -hmm. that's something mm. we can do something about we can stop the future suffering from happening so let's stop that let's mm. not call for killing people on the basis of race of yeah. any race yeah no, it, it's a um, no. Look, uh, God, we could. I think we should devote an entire um, another episode to uh, to the whole issue of who, racism. Who can who can be guilty of it and who can't? But just in the last minute or so, your your impression of having been there, been under cross examination, but more specifically under, under the rigors of of uh, cross examination. Yeah, I mean, it is exciting. I was a little bit disturbed. I saw a, a, a little video clip of a minute and a half. It sort of got tens of thousands of views on Twitter where the EFF's counsel said to me, you said this is incredible. Now you're saying it's credible. You're changing your testimony under oath. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's not actually true. He was misquoting me. But like that context doesn't get applied. And so that's just like a small little thing where my little ego was pricked in the eyes of lots of people who don't know me and didn't know the context. And in a way that matters, but in a way it's totally irrelevant. Right. What matters is what happened in the court, what the judge saw, what people who were there every day saw, people who understand the full context, what they know and think. That's what's going to define the judgment. I hope and I believe that I did a good job um, of, of helping the court mm. to understand South Africa's context, to understand that in this country today we all have a duty of care we all have a common citizenship. Um, we all are, are, have some power to hurt and some power to heal. And and that's the touchy-feely stuff. There was also some pretty hard evidence on on the events of the day, and uh, and the and some and some strange implications around Horner's murder that I won't get into. Yeah, no. it was an experience. I hope I hope I have another chance uh, at some stage in the future. 
um, to 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 be off service like that again. Uh, but I guess maybe that'll take me um, driving around <laughs> into hair <laughs> raising <laughs> situations. <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived it because, as, as I said to you on a previous occasion, cross examination can be very very difficult, particularly at that Ooh. moment when you've said something. And two minutes, two seconds later, you wish you'd said it differently. Um, Gabriel, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, as I said, I'm going to pick up some of these issues, I think, at a later stage to look at them in more depth and have a debate, particularly about whether racism is, is, is in the hands of, of one race but cannot be in the hands of another. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you again. Thank you. Very good. Looking forward to it.